The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, TFA family, welcome into an emergency video slash podcast. We have some tough news to break, probably another major injury to a top running back in your 2021 drafts here um, that are probably happening this weekend and next weekend. Earlier this evening, J.K. Dobbins uh, had a tackler at his knee, kind of pushed it back uh, the opposite way it's supposed to bend, and, and we're, we're worried that it might be an ACL. Um, we have not had that confirmed at the time of this recording, but Kev, um, give us your thoughts, what you're doing potentially with J.K. Dobbins, and then obviously the rest of the backfield, you know, if he were to miss an extended amount of time. First of all, I am no doctor, uh, so I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, I, I did see that uh, Jesse Morris, who's an injury doctor uh, who, who does, he actually dropped a video so i would recommend go checking that out but i will summarize it basically best case scenario you're looking at a pcl injury um which he'll explain it way better than me but the pcl is what goes over the knee what protects it you know protects the acl obviously that's going to be injured um that would be best case scenario and i think he's i think it was three to four weeks is what he would be out uh with that uh if it's best case worst case is obviously it's torn acl so it looks like it again not a doctor but it looks like it probably is worst case scenario um, but especially the way his teammates, cause like players generally know whenever it's something serious, right? Like it's yeah. almost never not serious with the, the, the way a player reacts to it. And, you know, there was talk about on the sideline, all the players coming up and, you know, usually that usually means they know because, uh, you know, like Dr. Chow, I talked about it. Like they can almost tell, they don't really need an MRI. They can tell almost immediately if it's an ACL injury or not. However, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not. I'm going to continue. I'll stay away from that. But as of right now, the hypothetical, if he's out for the year, obviously great news for Gus Edwards. So if you've already had your draft, you drafted Gus Edwards. Congratulations, you just picked. You just picked up what I think would probably be a top twenty running back, um, somewhere right around there. I actually updated my rankings already uh, with just kind of thinking of where I would put him. I have him right now at RB twenty one right now. As we record this, I put him ahead of Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris. Daryl Henderson, that kind of tier. I think there's probably going to be some speculation that they could bring somebody in. People have already talked about maybe it's Mark Ingram, you know, who's on the Texans right now. But he was kind of been carving out a role with the Texans that he could play. But the Texans are kind of where they're at. I can't see that if the Ravens came calling, I would think that they were going to, uh, that, that they would definitely deal him back. Other than that, I mean, you still have Justice Hill there, who people were high on a few years ago, but he never really turned in anything. And then you have Tyson Williams, who, is an undrafted guy at a BYU 5'11", 220. He did post a 4'5", 340, uh, which is impressive for a guy his size. And, you know, his best comparable on player profile is Damian Harris. But that, that guy's probably not anybody you're really looking at actually ever adding. The big one is Gus Edwards, right? So if you're heading into drafts this weekend, you know, if, whether you draft tomorrow, hopefully you haven't already drafted, or if you draft next weekend, 
Gus Edwards would probably be the guy that, that I would look to to target. Like, where do you think he's he, he winds up in ADP wise? Yeah, you said running back twenty one ish, and I'm kind of right there. Just in the, the you know the couple of uh, minutes we've had to kind of break to this news and and think about it, I have him at running back twenty four, kind of right around right behind like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, because I just think maybe they have more talent. But the, the situation is is what really excites you, right? When we're talking about these Ravens running backs, uh, we're talking about the number one rushing offense, and obviously a lot of that comes from Lamar Jackson, uh, but they're rushing it uh, a lot with their backs. And so now if you're, you're talking about an, an offense with just Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, who's an undersized uh, third down back, um, who's, who's kind of a guy I think we can get excited about as well. But um, I think we can see a decent volume um, opportunity for Gus Edwards as, as the main back there. So we're talking about him potentially going from, what, 140 to 150 carries, probably up to the 200 plus, right? Like, I don't know how much more he can get. Does he get to 220, 230 carries? I don't think he's going to be big in the pass game because this offense just doesn't pass the ball to their backs a whole ton. If, if at all, I'm guessing that's going to go to Justice Hill on third downs. Um, so that is that floor where he's kind of like a Josh Jacobs where I don't think he's going to be playing on third downs. I do think that's ceiling is cap, so he's not going to jump much over the top 20-ish uh, running backs for me. He's going to be right in that range that you have him, I think, uh, around uh, Sanders, Jacobs. I have Daryl Henderson up there as well. Um, he's right in that tier for me, uh, running backs 21 to 25. If anything, you know, you look at Justice Hill, 5'10", 198. Like, he's not going to be a guy who's going to get a large workload. Somebody that I think they could use in the passing game, but they've never really done that either. But not that he's had a ton of opportunities. I mean, he only played in 8% of the snaps last year, 12 carries, five targets last year. So it's not like this is a guy we're talking about that, that really has a lot of production. We look at Gus Edwards, he's never really been utilized in the passing game either. 13 targets last year. We did have a, the 144 carries, I mean, and 700 rushing yards. So I look at I, I look at the situation, you know, Gus Edwards, I think I, that's why I kind of view him similarly to kind of like Damian Harris, right? Where I think that he's going to definitely pick up a lot of uh, a lot of early down work, goal line work. But you know, obviously Lamar is still there. Lamar is still going to get his absolutely. The biggest question is, do they bring in somebody else? E even if they do, like, because there's nobody at this point in the offseason you're going to get that's really going to push the needle, right? And like, so like people have said, like, what about Le'Veon Bell or or you know Todd Gurley? I don't care. Like, bring those guys in, whatever. Like, you know, those guys have, are clearly uh, past their prime a little bit, and so none of those guys would really worry me. And so I do think Gus Edwards does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, and hopefully now let, let's talk about it from this too, because we shouldn't just go worst case scenario. If J.K. Dobbins is only out, let's say three to six weeks, right? Let's say he's out for six weeks. What are you doing with him then? Where would you feel comfortable taking with that? Yeah, I think there's two ways to think about this, right? Because a lot of people we won't know. Uh, I guess if they know if it's an ACL, they normally confirm that pretty quickly. So, I mean, if your draft's like tomorrow or something like that and you're unsure, I'm probably going to avoid it because uh, we know what the worst case scenario is. He's done for the year and you, and you waste a pick. Best case scenario, we're talking about uh, maybe a month off and then he comes in injured, you know, they have to work him back in. So um, if we don't hear a timetable or we don't hear a confirmation of an ACL and, and it's just a hyperextension or, or PCL and they say that, I mean, he's probably going to get pushed down still for me, probably in that range uh, below a Trey Sermon, below Javante, uh, below James Conner, who I know you like, uh, below A.J. Dillon. He's probably uh, going to look right around that maybe A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, for me, Alexander Madison, kind of the, the handcuff range for me, just because maybe he does come back that week five, but I don't know if he comes back 100%. You know, you, you 
whenever you draft a guy and they're coming in with an injury, uh, it doesn't always come clean with just the four weeks that you're told right away. So there is a big injury risk, uh, even if it is kind of the best case scenario, right? How about yourself? If you're going to tell me he's out for a month and he's not going to play or, or even a little bit longer. I mean, I think you have to push him down past a lot of these, a lot of these dudes that are going around there. Like I would probably put him, if he was going to come back, you probably put him around for me, like, the Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon, Michael Carter, you know, A.J. Dillon toward, toward kind of range of running backs because some of those guys, but you're kind of getting into that uh, that that the secondary running back, stuff like that where you're in there. Like, I would feel okay with taking that if he's going to be back because it's a shame because, I mean, J.K. Dobbins was a player that I felt, you know, like, like he was kind of a guy this year that I was like, oh, man, I don't really know what to do with him. Is he going to get more? Is he going to be more of a, you know, a workhorse? Is he going to get more pass catching work? You know, because if you look at his numbers, like J.K. Dobbins, the player, the prospect, was fantastic for me. I think he was like my second or third guy coming out of last year's draft class. And, I mean, he produced. I mean, he was super efficient last year. He was fifth at Juke rate, 18th at evaded tackles. Uh, 447 yards created, but a 14th in yards created per touch. Like this was dude that was primed to really break out this year. And so it's a shame, you know, we lost Cam Akers, poor one out for the homie. And now it looks like we might lose JK Dobbins. So probably agree. I think you just, it, it, as of right now, you have to avoid him. If you draft, obviously tonight, if you draft tomorrow, you absolutely have to avoid him. You cannot draft him because it, it can end up blowing up in your face because at that point you might be taking him in the, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth round. And at that point, you just wasted that pick for absolutely nothing. So you have to avoid him for now. Now, if we get, you know, if we get, we're going to know probably by tomorrow, uh, you know, where, where this is heading. Even tonight, it's possible. Because essentially, they'll go in, they'll do an x-ray. It's probably going to be negative. And then, you know, they'll do an MRI after that right. probably tomorrow morning or something, right? And so we won't, we'll know probably sometime tomorrow. But that being said, I think it's a clear avoid unless we find out he is coming back. And, you know, and, and then from there, I, I still would be hesitant just because a player coming off that type of injury and everything else, you know, is he going to suffer anything else or is there going to be other further setbacks? So, unfortunately, it looks like that we lost another great one uh, before the season's even started, which we could go down a rabbit hole. Why the hell were they even thinking about playing these guys in these preseason games? It makes absolutely no sense. Play your backups, the guys that are fighting for roster spots. Play those guys. Do not play your studs. You know, do not play the, the guys who are because this is a, a huge blow, really, for the Ravens when you think about how heavy of a run, a runoff, running offense this is. This isn't a team like the Chiefs or the Packers or the uh, a pass, passing offense that can support this. Okay, you know, you, you lose your starting running, but it's still going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt nearly as much now. Like, you have to ask, like, I guess I guess the last thing we should close on is how do you think this affects the Ravens as a whole? Like, do you bump up Lamar Jackson a little more thinking maybe they have to pass the ball a little bit more? Does this kind of elevate the other guys around them, or how do you view it? Yeah, that's what I was going to finish with in that I think this is a, a slight upgrade for Lamar Jackson because I do think they will have to lean on the pass a little bit more because they couldn't pass less, right, from last year. They, they were going to have to increase their passing regardless. And so now without J.K. Dobbins, and I do think Gus Edwards is still uh, a good talent. He's probably underrated as talent. And I like Justice Hill coming out of Oklahoma State. I think he can be a good back as well, just a little bit undersized. So I do think they obviously run a lot. They're probably going to have a run first team. But we're talking about Lamar Jackson jumping from the 475 uh, passing attempts to maybe he gets into the 500s mark. And, and you're just talking about just the 25 extra, even 30 extra pass attempts. That'll do wonders for him because we know what he brings for you on the floor. Um, he was already quarterback five for me. I'll have him flirt up there with quarterback four, who I currently have as 
Josh Allen there. So um, this definitely helps him as well. And I think that just further solidifies him as that tier break um, until you get to the rest of the quarterback six and beyond. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think they need to anyways, that they need to kind of stretch the legs of Lamar Jackson a little bit and push him a little bit as a passer to kind of see what you have, because if you're going to invest in him long-term, you have to. So I think this bumps up Lamar Jackson a bit, you know, to where he was before. And then I also think that, you know, the, the pass catchers here, Mark Andrews looks a little bit more intriguing. And, you know, if you want to take a shots on guys who, you know, I mean, Rashad Bateman's tough because he is dealing with his own injury, but he should be back, I think, week one, two, three, somewhere right around there. But, you know, as long as you're getting him, I think, in the 11th, 12th round, I don't mind taking him there and then some of the other guys that they have there. So, yeah, I, I do think overall this is a, probably a bump to the passing offense when you lose a running back like J.K. Dallas. But I do think they'll still be okay with Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards has proven to be a very, very strong backup running back and somebody that, that is reliable and can do some of the things that J.K. Dobbins could do. So I do think that is that is in the cards. We'll see what they do. We'll see if they bring anybody else in. But there's nobody that they're going to be able to bring in that's truly going to be able to make up for this. And it's just going to be some jag running back, some old vet or something like that, if that's what they decide to do. But you never know. Because like I talked about with this Tyson Williams guy, he has he has been getting a lot of buzz out of camp. And he has looked really good in preseason games. I know he's an undrafted guy. I'm not saying you should go out and add him immediately or anything because you shouldn't. But I do think he's a guy you should just kind of have in that back of your mind. Like if something else were to happen later in the year, you know, if, something, if, if he's out for the year, something happens to Gus Edwards. Because it's not going to be Justice Hill that would take over in that situation if something were to happen to Gus Edwards. It would definitely be uh, Tyson Williams, who's 5'10", 220, uh, who would be that guy, best comparable to Damian Harris. So, again, you know, not somebody you have to go out and grab, but uh, I definitely think a name that you should at least have on the back of your mind because he was already fighting for the third running back spot. And there was I saw so there were some beat reports talking about that, that he was really making a strong case to be that third running back behind these two. So with that being said, I mean, I, I think that's kind of where you, you know, pour one out for J.K. Dobbins. It sucks to see this. Why NFL uh, coaches decide to play their guys like this is beyond me. But, you know, Gus Edwards stock up. J.K. Dobbins, you know, uh, hopefully hopefully we see you this year, but it's not looking. Yep, just to recap real quick, so uh, we're avoiding J.K. Dobbins if you have your drafts in the near future uh, and we haven't heard anything yet. Um, we are drafting uh, Gus Edwards as a top 24 back. Uh, I think Justin Justice Hill is a good flyer in the later rounds of your drafts um, as that pass catching guy uh, a little bit. And then um, Tyson Williams is a guy for your maybe your dynasty stash or your deep, deep leagues if you have that. So um, that's going to be a wrap for us here. And um, we hope we bring you uh, happier news on the future videos. So stay tuned for them. Mm -hmm.